Young, back to throw. In trouble, he's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away again, to the 35, cuts back at the 30, to the 20, the 50, the 10. He dives, touchdown, 49ers. What is up, everybody? It is the No Huddle Podcast presented by 49ers Web Zone. It's Zane Nakvi and my good buddy, Al Sacco. Al, how you doing? feel good, Zane. And one of the reasons I feel good right now is that I'm encouraged that our favorite football team is actually headed in the right direction. Because I think what the Niners have done in free agency is they've filled some holes on a depleted roster. And they've done that, I think, by signing scheme guys. These are guys that are going to fit into the scheme that they want to run on offense and defense. And they've done this by signing them to good contracts. And I think that these are good role players. I don't know that they're cornerstone guys, but I think that they're good role players that they've brought in. And for the first time in a while, I just feel like this is fun again. You know, we've we've gone through three years now where 49ers football has been boring. Um, it's been frustrating. There's been no light at the end of the tunnel, even with the end of the Harbaugh era and, and how that just all blew up to bringing in Tom Sula, who was in over his head, to bringing in a new coach and Chip Kelly with a general manager who was on the outs and just seeing things just go downhill for so long to finally have just some momentum going in the right direction. It feels good, and I just feel encouraged. And again, I don't know that these guys are cornerstone pieces that they've brought in, but I think that they're definitely good players that are, is going to go, go a long way in helping this roster. So what what do you think? I mean, what's your initial reaction to when you saw a lot of these guys that they signed? You know, I, I the whole, th- this whole free agency period for me has been like, like yourself, it's been an exciting time for me, but uh, the, the prevailing thought to me is that these, while these may not be cornerstone pieces, these are necessary pieces for you to have uh, to build what you want to build. We just heard Lon Simmons on the open and, you know, those teams in the 80s, I'm not, I'm not saying that this team will be those teams in the 80s, but I'm saying that those teams in the 80s had such depth and such, you know, from 1 through 52, those guys can all play. They can all step on the field. They can all start, specifically, obviously, at the quarterback position. But, you know, shout out to Lon Simmons, by the way. You know, rest in peace, buddy. But, you know, that was a great call. Steve Young running for that touchdown against the Vikings. Oh, it's a classic. It's a classic, yeah. That's, that's yeah. One, of my, one of my favorite favorite moments in 49er history. So, Rest in peace, Lon Simmons. But, um, but yeah, you know, this is a time where it's almost like it's fun being a 49ers fan again. It is fun being a 49ers fan again. And the guys that they brought in, they made seven signings on the first day of free agency. I don't remember mm-hmm. the last time that happened. So can you remember the last time that happened where we brought in four guys on the, on the first day of, or seven guys on the first day of free agency? No, and, and, and you know, I, I totally agree with the notion that you, you don't build your team through free agency, but I don't think that's what they're doing. I, I think, one, like I said, it was a depleted roster and they needed to plug these holes, but but I, I the way that I see this approach happening is, is they're bringing in guys who, who are going to play a certain role on the team. You, you could make the argument that Pierre Garçon, and we'll get into that, will be more of a role player, but the rest of these guys look like role players, and what it looks like their approach is is that they're going to fill these roles and supplement in free agency and I think, I hope, that the draft is going to be where they're going to find these cornerstone guys. So I don't remember the last time that the Niners ever pushed free agency like this, but it, but it's, again, it's just really exciting. Yeah, and 
it's really about building a team the right way. And I don't, I'm not a fan of building exclusively through the draft or exclusively through free agency. I feel like you supplement one with the other. You know, you can't really, you can't really just spend frivolously in free agency. We've seen, how many times have we seen a team win the offseason, Washington Redskins, um, yeah. <laughs> win the, win the, win the offseason and, you know, they have nothing to show for it. When the, when the regular season comes around because they spent all of their capital on free agents and really none of it developing their rookies or drafting. So I understand there's a lot of excitement around the 49ers right now. There's a lot of excited 49er fans that want big names and want like a splashy transaction. But, you know, it's not really what this team needs right now. You you need to have players to build upon, not a, not one big splashy player like in Alshon Jeffrey or somebody like that. I, I was a fan of Alshon Jeffrey coming here, but not at that price tag. Yeah, so I agree. You, so you really have to have a foundation um, of players that you, you can build upon. And right now that's what they're assembling. They're essentially cleaning out all of the dead weight that was left by Trent Balky leaving. And they're replacing it with guys that are serviceable NFL starters. And already I can say that, this team, although it's not a complete team yet, this team is probably more talented than the team that, that came around last year. Yeah, just getting rid of guys like like Marcus Martin, who, who uh, the guy just couldn't play football. I don't know that he wanted to play football. Getting rid of those those draft picks that, that Balky clear, clearly whiffed on and, and held on, whether it was for pride or, or, or just to see if these guys are going to work out, you know... It, Lynch and Shanahan said that they were going to school watching the film, and they obviously did. And, and the guys that they don't feel are part of their scheme or part of their future, they're getting rid of in moving on to guys that they feel are. And, and it's just it's just an encouraging thing, man. It really is. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And it seems like the 49ers are interested in everybody, doesn't it? I, I'm pretty sure I got a call from the 49ers <laughs> to, to, to be the hot dog guy or something like that. But, yeah, yeah, and you know, I think I think part of that, to be honest with you, a lot of this stuff gets leaked to the media, and I, th- I think it's agents because the Niners have so much so much money that the agents of the players are going to leak out there. Well, you know, the 49ers are interested because they have so much money they could be interested in everybody. You know, I think you couple that with the fact that this roster was just atrocious and, and they needed so many players that they really could be interested in everybody because they need so much. So, you know, probably 15% of it is actually true. But, you know, we've seen that they've definitely been aggressive and, and have identified players that they do want. Yeah, it, there's there's big names still out there. There's Dante Hightower. Yeah. There's there's Poe still out there. Um, there's there's guys that, that could really fit this scheme. But I think the hard part for a lot of people is getting around that the fact that you can't just throw a bunch of big names into a bowl and expect that they're going to they're going to mesh with the rest of the team. You, you have to have some sort of, some sort of chemistry and, and there has to be some sort of fit with the scheme. Hey, it would be great if we picked up Alshon Jeffrey and, and Kirk cousins and, and uh, you know, all these guys that are getting signed by other teams, but you know, really the thing that Shanahan and, and well, John Lynch more than anything has done is brought in guys that will fit this scheme. And Tim Kawakami was actually mentioning today that Kyle Shanahan is kind of the the alpha dog in all of this. He's he's really calling the shots, and John Lynch is kind of executing Kyle Kyle Shanahan's uh, vision for the team, which is ideally how you want it. And it, it goes without saying. We talked with Chris Biederman last week, and he said that the perception around the 49ers has changed, and I absolutely agree with that. Based off of the the what we're seeing here with free agency, 
Yeah, it really has, and and it started with really bringing Lynch in to be to be the face of that team, and and he just handles himself so well. But what you're seeing is, and I said this not too long ago when I when I wrote an article about Shanahan coming in, is that players want to play for Shanahan. Players when they played in his system had some of the best years of their career, and now you're seeing guys like a Pierre Garcon who want to come and play for him because of, of the experience that they had with him. And I think that's why they're ultimately going to land a very good quarterback who I think is going to be Kirk Cousins, and we'll get into that. But just having those two guys as the figureheads of your organization now, it's changed the entire landscape of the 49ers in, in what, a month? You know, they went from ESPN ranked them the worst franchise in sports, and I wouldn't have argued with that. And now a month into this new regime, it's one of the more exciting up-and-coming franchises in the NFL. It's It's crazy when you think about that. Yeah, and, and it's been a long time since we could say that. And uh, like like we just discussed last week, it, the culture change has has completely changed not only the present but the the near future of this team. You see a lot of these guys coming in on on two to three year deals. Malcolm Smith was, I believe, a five year deal, but a lot of these guys are coming in on two to three year deals, which tells me that they're expecting to have this turned around in two to three years, which is which is great. Um, I didn't expect that it would come that soon, and I, I and obviously they're they're in the building and they, and they know their personnel the best. But hey, I would be thrilled if they were able to turn this around within two to three years. Yeah, I, I think it's it's definitely possible. The big thing is in this league, and it's what the previous general managers didn't seem to understand is that you need a quarterback. And I think Lynch and Shanahan understand that, and I, and I think well. Again, we'll get into it, but I think they know who their quarterback is going to be. But they're going to get a quarterback. They're going to build a team around that quarterback. And until that guy gets into place, they're they're going to put some nice pieces there for when that quarterback does come in, Kirk Cousins. Um, there's going to be good. <laughs> there's going to be good players around him when he gets there. So yeah, it's very interesting the way that they've built this up. And and if we look at some of the guys they've brought in, and we could start. You know, let's listen. Let's run down these guys that they brought in. Pierre Garcon. Very interesting to me because, listen, Garcon's not a one. You know, he's not a Julio Jones-type receiver. Um, but what he is is a very polished, very good, very consistent number two receiver. Last year, he had four or more receptions in 14 out of the 16 games. So you know what you're going to get with him. Now, he's not going to be a guy, at least I don't think going forward, who's going to catch, you know, 100, 115 balls for you. He did have his best year under Shanahan in 2013 when he caught 113 passes for uh, 1,346 yards. He had 184 targets that year. But other than that, he's only had more. He's never had more than 79 receptions. Um, he averages about 53 yards a game or so, and um, he's never had more than six TDs. So what you're kind of getting out of Garcon, little Anquan Boldenish, where you're going to probably see about 75 catches, 900 yards, and he'll be a mentor for the young receivers. But what I really liked about him coming over, Zane, is that he, again, he wanted to be with Shanahan and he he committed to the Niners, you know, based on his old coach. And I think he's going to be a good fit for them. Um, if he's a number one receiver this year, so be it. But I, I like him as a fit for the Niners. Yeah, it's and it's it's still early, too, where the 49ers have a chance to either find a number one through the draft or through. Remember, there's going to be June 1st cuts as well. So there's going to be a lot of talent still left sure. in the free agent market. Um, so there's still quite a bit of time for them to add a number one. But uh, looking at Garcon, he's he's that possession receiver. And if it's it's interesting because if you look at his stat, his uh, his highlights, there's two things that stick out, well, to me. 
the first thing is that he he catches everything around him. Like he he will absolutely be that guy to go over the middle, take the big hit, break a tackle. He is he is that guy that that will move the chains. The second one thing drop, is one drop last year. Yep, one drop. Exactly. Exactly. So he he catches everything thrown his way. Uh, I believe he had a catch rate of around 70% last year, so he's he's going to be a guy that you can rely on on a on an every down basis if you need to throw the ball. Uh, the other thing that that I noticed when watching Redskins highlights was, you know, every dang ball was on the money. And everything that was thrown to him was right between the numbers or in a small window. Oh my gosh, darn it, who's that quarterback throwing the who, ball? And who, who, who is was that? Who was that guy? Is it Kirk, 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 right? Kirk something, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Is he available? Some, um, I'm not sure. Well, yeah. interestingly enough, he's he's going to sign his <laughs> franchise tender. The uh, it's just been reported that he's going to sign his franchise tender and play 2017 under uh, under contract to the Redskins. We'll get to oh. Kirk Cousins in a in a bit, but leave that when I see it. Yeah, but with regard to to Garcon, I think I think that's a solid pickup. I think that's somebody who immediately becomes the best receiver on the team. He's better than what we had last year, and uh, he reminds me a lot of of like you said, Anquan Bolden, and that sort of that sort of influence that he can that he can bring, and. You know, the, the the signing that really intrigued me the most, oddly enough, was Kyle Juszczyk. And I, I saw, you know, quite a few Ravens games this year. We watched the early games, and a lot of times the Ravens would be on. And, and check, you know, the guy, the guy's kind of like a Swiss Army knife out of the backfield. He can play fullback, he can play tight end, he blocks. He hasn't run the ball much. He has less than 10 carries in his career, so he, he only has... Uh, you, uh, probably I think it was a seven carries or something in his in his career. So he's not going to be there to run the ball. He's going to be there to catch the ball. And this guy has over ninety reception in his career. He he has almost a hundred receptions. So he's going to be that Swiss Army knife type of player that's going to create mismatches, much like Patrick Demarco did. What do you, what do you think about him? Well, they paid him, like you said, to be more more of an H back type thing, more of a Swiss Army knife guy than than a fullback. So you hear a lot of people say like, oh, how could you pay a fullback that much money? That's not how they're going to use him. They're going to use him like a Delaney Walker, like an H-back type thing where they line him up and get different mismatches for him. And he's going to be a safety valve for the quarterbacks. You know, I wouldn't doubt if if he has the most catches any 49er fullback has had since since William Floyd. Um, you know, I could see him catching 40, 50 balls this year. And I think he's going to be a weapon in a scheme fit. Again, you know, we keep going back to that scheme fit in Shanahan's offense. I, I love this signing. I really did. Um, I thought DeMarco was ticking for them you know i had said that a lot of times but when you see that they went out and, and got used check it, it's just they saw him as a scheme fit and saw him as a weapon and i think he's going to be a great fit for this team i really do i agree i agree um stefan gilmore i you know i i'm looking down the list of these guys and and they're not household names but these are guys that are crucial pieces to the puzzle and these are guys that are that are building blocks like we said earlier so stefan gilmore is one, one of those guys that um well i mean he was he was uh signed by the patriots wasn't he yeah yeah you're uh you're talking about the cornerback right yeah yeah you signed by yeah, the patriots are you, are you thinking you're thinking a different buffalo guy i am thinking a different buffalo guy the yes. bills get the bills get no love zane the bills get no nobody even knows who plays for the bills yeah yeah i mean yeah you know they're they're sitting up there in the northeast so um it's a, it's you know, a beautiful city buffalo is a great city i think you're talking marquise goodwin I am. Um, I am. Who? Um, but again, it plays for the Bills, so it could, whoever, right? Tyrod Taylor, whatever his name is. Um, yeah. But yeah, good, Goodwin is Goodwin was intriguing to me because I think that with him, you kind of have your your Taylor Gabriel. 
from Atlanta last year is you have a guy who's he's really fast. He's four two seven at the combine, and he hasn't played much. He was hurt. Um, last year was sort of his breakout year, if you want to call it that. He had 28 catches, 431 yards, and in, in three TDs. Um, one thing that stuck out to me about him, and, and listen, I didn't watch a lot of Bills games last year, so I don't know how they were targeting him, but they targeted him 68 times, and he only had 28 catches, which is about a 43% completion rate, um, which was a little worrisome, but you know, you don't know if they're taking shots downfield with him. I, I, I don't know how, how they attacked it. But I do see him, and I thought it was interesting that the Niners really identified him because he's going to be a guy who is in that Taylor Gabriel role, and I think he's going to be a situational player. But when he's on the field, I think that Shanahan's going to make the most of him. So he, he was intriguing to me. What did you think? Was that somebody who you were kind of like, who is this guy? Or you know, I, I remember Stephon Gilmore from one play last year, and he just beat the pants off of Darrell Rivas. And it's good. It's good win, dude. You yeah. can call. <laughs> oh, I, I apologize. So. Um, he's much, never he's coming on. We might get stuff on Gilmore and show. Goodwin's never coming on now. So yeah, yeah, he's he's never coming here. So, <laughs> but um, Marquise Goodwin, yeah. What, there's one play where he just beat the pants off Darrell Rivas, and um, you know, it was that that one play sticks out to me. And Goodwin, the thing with him is that he's he's a small guy, but he's a really fast guy. So he covers a lot of ground with you know being five nine. And he actually ran a faster 40 than Tyler Lockett did. And we think of Tyler Lockett as a, mm-hmm. as a burner and a speed guy. Tyler Lockett ran, ran a 4-4 40. And, you know, he beat him by significantly. It was a 4-2-7. So he's significantly faster. And this is, this is that Taylor Gabriel type player, like you said, that can, that can run routes out of the slot, create mismatches, create mismatches with linebackers or safeties that would try to cover him. And really kind of open up passing lanes as a, as a, as a deep threat and take it, take an extra safety with him if, if necessary. So I think that if he gets a chance, which he will in this, this Shanahan offense, I think that he, he can really be a, really be an important piece. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Obviously, you know, we, we have, well, one more guy before I get into the quarterbacks is, is, is Logan Paulson who they brought in, who, who was, is more of a blocking tight end. And I think Ideally, that's what he's going to be with the 49ers. But I thought an interesting stat is that in 2012 and 2013, he had 53 catches um, with the, under Shanahan with the Redskins. Um, so he might end up being like a red zone threat. He might get a little bit more play. And what I worry about, well, not worry, I just wonder, is I wonder what uh, Selleck's role is going to be now with, with Paulson in there, or if he even has a role. Um so the tight end position is going to be interesting to me, and I think I think he's end up going to end up being a better pickup than most people think, and maybe a little bit more than a blocking tight end. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that he's not much of a he. He hasn't been much of a pass catcher in his career, but uh, it's that comfort factor that Kyle Shanahan has with him of being in the same system and and being a system guy. So it, go, it harkens back to what we what we just discussed a little bit a little while ago, where he's bringing system guys in and it's not just a random collection of talent that you accumulate from different places. This is, they have a clear vision in mind and Paulson really fits that vision. So for that reason, I, I like that signing and yeah, totally agree. If you, if you flip to the other side of the ball, you look at Malcolm Smith, you, you look at that vision for the defense and I absolutely love that. And I, I hey, I, I, I mean, I got his name right. He's not, it's not Stephon Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, Malcolm Smith, he, former Super Bowl MVP, came out of that Seattle defense. We saw, we saw him twice a year. And he had 100 tackles the last two years, over 100 tackles the last two years with the Raiders. 
So he's not he's not a centerpiece, but he is one of those building block guys. What do you think about him? Yeah, you know, the way I saw that signing was I, I, I thought he had good numbers with the Raiders the past couple of years, but I, I, he's one of those guys where I don't think he played up to what his numbers showed. But the way I look at it again, and, and I keep going back to it, it's a scheme fit or a system fit where he played in that Seattle type defense um, that the Niners are running now. And he did very well when he was at Seattle. So plug him into that type of defense again, and, and you may see kind of a career resurgence and have him do a nice job. And listen, I think the guy's a legitimate starter. I don't think he's a pro bowler, but I think he, he's a legitimate starter. And, and, you know, he's a lot better than the guys they were running out there last year at linebacker. So it's one of those things where I'm going to trust that he's a system fit and, and see how he does. They certainly needed linebackers. Would I have liked a, a Dante Hightower more? Absolutely. But, you know, Smith, I think it'll end up being a decent signing um, just because of the system fit. And, and at this point, you know, I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm, I'm, I'm buying what uh, Lynch and Shanahan are selling. So, so I'll buy into Smith right now. Yeah, it's, it's interesting there with most, if not all these guys, even though Malcolm Smith got a, got a five-year deal, his deal is front-loaded. And that's the case with all these guys. They're, all their deals are front-loaded. So yeah. they, it gives the 49ers that flexibility to you know cut them if they're not playing up to potential or, or if anything happens, injuries, anything like that in their last couple of years of the contract and not take a huge cap hit. So Well, yeah, and the Niners, they've always done well with contracts. We forget because Trent Balky didn't sign anybody, but um, Prague Marathe uh, has always been good with contracts. Um, you know, he's taken a lot of heat in the media for, for various things, but he's been great with the cap for the Niners. Um, and also on a side note, he's really cool. If you call him by the wrong name, did I ever tell you that story? No, uh, I, I met him one day in, in the press box and like, you know, nobody knows who the hell I am. So I thought I'd go up to him and like introduce myself and stuff like that. And I called him Prague. And I'm like, hey, Prague, you know, my name is Al Sacco from 49ers Web <laughs> Oh, no. And I'm, I'm going on like this whole deal. And he just looked at me and he's like, Prague. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, Prague. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, dude. And like him on the arm, like I felt like a total dork. Um, but he actually, he was really cool. Like it was funny. Like I thought he was going to be like, who is this clown? Get away from me. But like after he told me like how you actually say his name, like he was great. And he was like, where are you from? Who do you work for? He was a cool guy. So he was cool with me after that. Um, I don't think he's ever going to let me back in the press box, but um, he was cool with me after that. And, um, you know, but he is in, in all seriousness, he he, he does really well with um contracts and the Niners have never had cap issues under him and and you see how how they're doing these deals a lot of that is him so I I think he deserves credit for that uh, uh, yeah I don't know what's worse uh, you forgetting or mispronouncing Prague Marate's name or me forgetting a guy's name in front of thousands of listeners I'm not sure, I'm not sure which one's worse I, I, I could I could have called I could have called him Stefan Gilmore you know <laughs> yeah you could have so. yeah you, could you know what though, dude? Yeah. That's gonna be that's gonna be a running joke for the rest of our show. Is gonna yeah, be. You know, I think it is. Gilmore. That's gonna yeah. be. Well. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll put that one in the rack, and then we'll we'll uh, you know we'll we'll be using that for sure. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. So, um, moving forward, um, the Niners' new quarterback, Stefan Gilmore. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> now this they bring in Brian Hoyer for for now anyway. Um, and this this is really interesting to see the back and forth, especially on Twitter, and, and to hear about this because because people get fired up. They hear Brian Hoyer, and he's one of those guys that like I don't know. You kind of get put in your psyche that he's not very good, but honestly, Hoyer's not that bad. Now, is he a long term answer? No, no, he is not a long term answer by any stretch of the imagination. But am I okay with him for a year if they have to wait for Kirk Cousins or if they draft somebody? Absolutely. 
Hoyer in his career, well, he's 16 and 15 as a starter in his career. And in his last 30 starts, he's 16 and 14. And he averages about 244 yards passing a game. I mean, the guy went 10 and 6 as a starter with the Browns, which, I mean, you should go to the Hall of Fame for that. And he did really well that year. He was with Shanahan, and Shanahan likes him a lot. By comparison, like I said, Hoyer 16 and 14 in his last 30 starts. Colin Kaepernick was 8 and 22 in his last 30 starts. And Kaepernick averaged about 203 yards passing compared to Hoyer's 266. Or I'm sorry, 244. Now, obviously, Hoyer is going to make a few mistakes here and there, and Kaepernick made less mistakes. Kaepernick didn't really throw any interceptions because nobody could catch his passes. Um, but Hoyer, I think, will be a good stopgap for them. And, and do I think he's going to, you know, light it up and lead this team to 12 wins? No. But if he's a guy on a team that, you know, can be a stopgap, I think it's a decent signing. And worst case scenario, he ends up being a good backup for a little while. So it was good for a two year deal. They didn't pay him starter money. Um, I thought it was smart because the QB market right now isn't exactly thriving. Yeah, I, I agree. It's there's there's no franchise quarterback that's either available via trade or on the open market right now. And I understand people are are fired up one way or the other about about filling this quarterback position or not filling it. But everybody has to realize that this isn't this isn't Madden. You know, you can't you right. can't just you can't just go out and trade for whoever you want and expect that you you get the 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 proper return or sign in anybody you want. But he fits the theme of this free agency class for me. And the theme is serviceable NFL starters. Yeah. And that's exactly what he is. He's a serviceable NFL quarterback. And yeah. he's he's on a two-year deal. People should should keep that in mind. He's it's a two-year deal. He is not a long-term solution. He is a stopgap. And going into free agency Everybody was telling themselves that they needed the stopgap quarterback, and now that we have one, it seems like some people are upset about it. I just, I just don't understand it. Yeah, I think it's it's that notion where, and, and this is where, and I'll get into the Kirk Cousins thing. You just hear people say, you know, like, oh, well, Kirk Cousins isn't good enough. And again, I said this on the show last week. The Niners haven't had a quarterback throw for over thirty five hundred yards and twenty one touchdowns since two thousand and one. Who, who do you think they're going to get? Who, who, right. You know, Joe Montana's not walking through that door. Aaron, we're not trading for Aaron Rodgers. So you kind of got, until you can either draft that guy or acquire that guy, you, you kind of got to make the best of it. Um, and having said that, I do I do want to um, complain about this Kirk Cousins thing. Again, as the listeners may or may not know, whoever follows me on Twitter, I'm obsessed, obsessed with this Kirk Cousins thing. I just think the whole situation is absolutely ridiculous. You have Washington, who's just a dumpster fire right now. Did you see what happened with McLuhan? Did you see that whole story with Scott McLuhan? Yeah, Scott McLuhan's been fired. So for those those of our listeners that don't know, Scott McLuhan has been fired as GM of the Redskins. They're not really releasing any details as to why, but he was away from the team during the first day of free agency, which is a huge, uh, huge no-no. So whether that was already planned or personal or, or whatnot, nobody really knows. But we do know that Scott McLuhan is no longer the GM of the Redskins. Yeah, and I read, um, I'd have to go back and see it, but I thought I saw something about they, they blamed his alcoholism for letting him go, which is just such a low, classless thing to do. I mean, if the guy's got a problem, you know, and we know he's battled his demons before, support him, say he's going to rehab, do something. Don't just, it was so classless what they did. And you see yeah. the way Washington's handling this. And the more you read into this story, and if you, if you follow or read some of these guys who cover the Redskins, Kirk Cousins doesn't want to be there. He's not going to sign with them. It's a dumpster fire there. And what's kind of transpiring is that Cousins is going to them and saying that he he wants to leave. 
in for those who who may or may not know, Dan Snyder doesn't exactly, who's the owner of the Redskins, doesn't exactly love the Shanahan's. They had a falling out from when Kyle's father, Mike, was the coach there. And a lot of what's going on right now is is Dan Snyder is just hell bent on I'm not trading Kirk Cousins to Kyle Shanahan. I think that's a lot a lot of what's happening. So what the Niners can do now is, I mean, they can sit and wait till next year and, and do a stop a stopgap like Brian Hoyer. But I think what's eventually going to happen is Cousins doesn't want to be there. I don't think he's going to play there. I, I don't know when this trade is going to go down. It could be during the draft. You know, who knows? But I think eventually the Redskins are going to cave in and just say, listen, this guy doesn't want to be here. We're going to lose him for a comp pick in 2018. Let's get the, let's get the most we can get. And I think sensible trades for him. You know, you could say that the Niners can fleece them if you want to. You know, I don't think Washington's going to give Cousins away. But I think a sensible a sensible trade for the Niners to me is they get Cousins and Washington's first round pick, which is 17, and the Niners give up two and maybe a future round pick. I really do think that's a sensible trade. And if you say like, okay, well, you already got to give up two. I'm not, number two overall this year. I'm not going to give up a second round next year. Who have the Niners taken in the second round that you want to yeah. trade for Kirk Cousins? Who, uh, Tart? Uh, you're not going to trade Vance McDonald, Tank Carradine? <laughs> you know, even Carlos Hyde is a good player. You'd trade him straight up for Kirk Cousins. So... You know, I th- I think in in some instances draft picks are really overvalued, and if they get a first round pick back along with Cousins and only have to give up their number two this year, which is significant, but and then a second round next year, I I say you do it, and I think it's going to happen, and I think one way or the other, whether it's this year or next year, Kirk Cousins is going to be the quarterback of the Forty ers Yeah, by all by all intents, it seems like he will most likely sign that franchise tag this year. So uh, I know I know we we're gonna we have to believe it when we see it, but. If he does play out this year in Washington, I think that really, first of all, he's making a boatload of money. He's going to get $23 million, almost $24 million this year. He made $20-plus million last year. I mean, this, that's, a, that's not a bad two-year haul right there. You know, that's not bad, is it? That's, he, he came away a true, true winner in all of this in terms of the financial aspect of it. So um, I think what's going to happen is just like you say, next year he's going to be a free agent and he's already made it plainly clear that he does not want to play in Washington. And I think that they're going to be hesitant to give him a contract bigger than what his franchise number is, which is probably what they'll have to pay him next year if they want him to stay. How stupid are they to, you don't want to give him a long-term deal, but you're going to pay him $44 million guaranteed over two years. Probably a long-term deal, what would it have been when he, if he had signed it last year, $50 million guaranteed? You know, when you're already going to pay him 44 it just shows how clueless Washington is. Um so yeah, the, the, it's frustrating, and and you know you almost feel for Redskins fans, but um, you know I I think he's going to end up with the Forty ers whether it's this year or next year. I, I don't know that the Niners are really sold on any quarterbacks in the draft. Um, and I think not that you know a lot can happen in twelve months. So to say that you're going to sit and just wait for Cousins is is short sighted. But um, you know maybe that is the way that it works out. Is that if if they can't make something happen this year, and Snyder's just hell bent on not giving him to the Forty ers and Shanahan that they just go with Hoyer and wait and see what happens next year. But I'm interested to see because, you know, Hoyer is not going to be the only quarterback on this roster this year. I'm like really, really, really interested to see what other QBs they're going to bring in. Cause I think if they go with just Hoyer and they know that they're doing that, they're going to bring in another, you know, veteran sort of guy that can come in and play if Hoyer struggles or gets hurt or something like that. So I'm interested to see what they do with that second quarterback position. I have no idea what they're going to do with it, but I'm interested to see it. Yeah, obviously they're not going to go into the season with just one quarterback. I don't think that's ever happened in the history of the NFL. So they'll they'll have people to fill out this roster and and 
everybody just needs to remember that. And, and anybody who's who's calling gloom and doom right now just really needs to pump the brakes because it's not about the names that you bring on on day day one of free agency. This is this is a rebuilding process. This is not right. This is yeah. This is not going to happen overnight. This is not going to happen in year one. This is John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan got matching six year deals. So everybody knows it's plainly evident that this is going to be a process. And this is a good start to the process. This is not the finished product. So you have to start at some point that you have to take baby steps. And already I'd say that this team is not only roster wise, but perception wise, I would say that this team is much better than what it was last year. It was a low bar to clear, but they're still better than what they were last year. Yeah, I, I think at this point you have to think the way that they're headed, and not that you want to aim for this, but there they might you know be a six win team, you know the seven win team if if things break right, and that's a huge step from you know the dumpster fire they were last year. So yeah, you, like you said, you just have to be patient. And I've seen a lot of feedback where people are like, oh well, what about this need? What about that need? You're not going to fill it overnight, man. You know, like it's going to take years and it's going to take a couple drafts. And you're not going to get those cornerstone. You're probably not going to get that dominant pass rusher, that number one receiver, that franchise quarterback in free agency. It's just never going to happen. So you really have to get those guys to the draft and plug holes to free agency, which is what they're doing. And, and again, I, the doom and gloom people, I, I don't get it. I, I think this this franchise is headed in the right direction right now. Yeah, I agree. Is it? You know, we're talking about free agents. Is there anybody still out there that you feel like would be a good fit for the 49ers? There's plenty of plenty of names out there. Oh, man. You know, I, I kind of wonder, and, and last I saw that Terrell Pryor was visiting with the Redskins, but if you can get him on maybe like a, because obviously the market isn't what he thought it was going to be. If you get can get him for, you know, cents on the dollar, I, I wouldn't mind them taking a shot at, at, at Terrell Pryor. I, I, I was kind of curious. I, I thought they were going to do something more with the offensive line. There were some guards out there um, that I thought they'd take a chance on. That, that didn't happen. I do th- would I would like to see them get somebody else to kind of plug up the run. Um, you know, we'll see how that goes, and, and you know, obviously another quarterback. I do think with them, and not to hop right into the draft, but I, I, I get the impression from what I've read and heard. I think that they're either going to look to add somebody in free agency or draft higher running back. I really do believe that you've seen them connected to Fournette a lot. You've heard some things about McCaffrey. I love I love Cook from Florida State. Um, I think Shanahan wants that second running back as well. And I honestly, I don't think you could rely on Carlos Hyde for a full season anyway. But I think he wants that second back, and I think they're going to be aggressive in getting it. So I'm interested to see if they do get someone in free agency, whoever that may be, or they draft somebody high in the draft. But you know, I don't know. We'll see. What were you thinking for free agencies? Did you have any guys with in mind that you want to see them go and get? Well, I would love to get to have them get Don Terry Poe, and not yeah. not he can he can play a little quarterback too. He threw a touchdown last year. But, they might need it. Yeah, but I think he's going to be expensive. But I think he's one of those. He's actually one of the few cornerstone pieces that you can actually build around. Um, that's left in this free agent market. There's still a lot left out there, a lot of role players, a lot of important pieces, but he's one of those guys that's an elite player at his position that could really make an impact on day one. And I feel like if he came to the 49ers, that would solidify so much, not only on the defensive line, but freeing up linebackers by by commanding double teams and, and just letting those guys, Bowman and, and Malcolm Smith, just run and make tackles, much like when Willis and Bowman were here, they they were able to 
be free to make tackles because the defensive line ate up blocks. So he's one of those guys that I have my, my eye on. Um, but in general, it just, I, the work that they've done already in free agency, they filled so many needs already, not completely, but they've addressed them. So what this does is it really gives them flexibility in the draft. So you're not really having to draft the guy that you necessarily, but you can go get the guy that you want. So it's not so much uh, like, like you said, if there's, if there's a Leonard Fournette there at number two and they want to pick him, go right ahead. And it's, it's not going to be a bad pick because they've already addressed most of the other positions they need to address. So they've given themselves that flexibility through free agency to be able to draft who they want at this point. Yeah, and I, I think Poe might be a guy that you can get on sort of a, a prove-it deal, too, because, again, his market probably isn't what he thought it was going to be, and we've seen that happen with a few guys. So they have a lot of cap room left. I, I want to say they might have, like, $70 million left at the moment. Um, so it can certainly make more moves. But, again, I just I just keep seeing that Kirk Cousin thing hanging out there. And, you know, they have a lot more money left, and, and I really think it's going to happen. I, I do. So not to keep harping on that, but I think that may be a reason why you haven't seen, you know, a huge, huge contract thrown out there because they are waiting on the Cousins thing. And Cousins is going to be, you know, 20 plus million a year. But 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 we'll have to just wait and see what happens on that end. Yeah, that's a, that's a big domino that that's yet to fall. And whatever he does, I, I think that you may see like a little bit of a lull for the 49ers. There was guys that it, it's clear to me now that that John Lynch was he was putting in work and he identified guys that would fit this system and Kyle Shanahan obviously was in on that process and they identified guys that they wanted to go after and they immediately went and got those guys and they were aggressive about it and John Lynch told us to stay awake during free agency and boy did they ever did they ever fill some needs um not with superstar guys but did they ever bolster this roster in terms of depth so um as it stands right now I feel like there's going to be somewhat of a lull and I feel like there's going to be a little bit of downtime until you hear the next 49er free agency signing. Um, because, and you see this every year where the first day of free agency is just like a frenzy. There's players flying everywhere, but there's a little bit of a lull for the next, next couple of weeks. And then the second tier and third tier free agents start coming off the board. So I think that's, what's going to happen with the 49ers. Uh, so I won't be surprised if there isn't, if there's, a, if there's inactivity for a little bit, but I'm pleasantly surprised about what they've accomplished so far. You know who we forgot about, dude, was Robbie Gould. We didn't give him any love. You know, I was just thinking that. I was like, there was, there was a seventh guy. There were seven guys we yeah. signed. Robbie Gould. He, he hooked the 49ers up with a win in Chicago. You remember the Torrey Smith touch, arguably his greatest moment as a 49er. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was yep. set up by Robbie Gould Miss. So, you know, he's Dead. probably like, let me just go here because this team – uh, the, you know, I, I, they owe me, they owe me for a win. So but, he, he's uh, like, I think he's like an 87% for his career for field goals too. I mean, I don't know how much he's got left, but kickers, he's like 35, but kickers can go to like 45 these days. So yeah, see how that I'm, goes. But, I'm, but we forgot I'm, about Robbie, man. We just, yeah, we, we left him out. Kickers, kickers neck get no love. Apparently no Stefan Gilmore gets a lot of love and <laughs> kickers get no love. Robbie Gould's on the team, and Stefan Gilmore's getting more love than he yeah. is today for this. So Boy, I don't know, Zane, but I'll tell you what, buddy. We got we fans. If I can tell you anything tonight, is is feel good about this process because it's all good, and and I think this team's headed in the right direction. Yeah, it looks like Jed York and and the front office is is taking a lot of heat, deservedly so, over the last few years. But 
they have a tremendous opportunity in front of them right now with the Raiders potentially moving to Las Vegas. And they will move to Las Vegas uh, because the city of Oakland is not getting anything done. But with the Raiders moving, the 49ers are really the only game in town. And this is a, a great opportunity for them to pull in new fans to kind of reclaim the Bay Area as, as their own, much like they did in the 80s and, and 90s, and really plant that flag here and, and just create that, that same sort of um, community and feel that they used to have. Yeah, and, and, and now is a good chance for them to do that. And, and like you said, you know, this is a team that's had three winning seasons in the last 14 years. And when you think that this was the model franchise, maybe in sports, for the better part of 20 years, for them to do what they have the last decade and a half is, is shameful, really. So uh, it seems like, again, you know, Jed's maybe, you know, woken up and put the right people in place. And hopefully they can, like you said, plant that flag and, and get back to being the 49ers because they are the 49ers. You know, you look at the Patriots right now. Oh, well, they've won five championships in the last 16 years. Well, that's what the Niners did. And they won five and whatever it was, 15 or 14 years, whatever it was, you know, they were the model franchise and, and they're a team. I feel like that should be like the Steelers or the giants or the Packers. That's always a perennial favorite that always carries themselves Well, that always does the right thing. So hopefully they're on their way back to that now. And hopefully Jed York, who I believe his heart is in the right place. I don't know that his head up was always in the right, his head was always in the right place, but hopefully um, they're on the right track for that now. And one more thing before we wrap this up, did you see what happened with Alden Smith? Did you see that video? Oh boy. Wow. I, I can't even, that guy is just, uh, it's unbelievable what's happened to him in, in where he started out and in, in to see in, in the video I saw and, you know, everything, I don't want to accuse him of anything, but he seemed like he was hammered in in the video that I watched of him after. And, and you just got to wonder, man, like, like what's going on in this guy's life. And I hope he gets some help because, you know, he was a great talent, but, you know, beyond football for the guy's life, I, I hope he can get some help and, and get himself back on track because he's clearly got some demons. And it's a sad thing to see because he was one of the most exciting players, you know, that first year or two. Um, uh, defensively that the Niners have had in a while. You know, you're thinking maybe you have the next Charles Haley, and it just it, it just it just all goes down the tube. So, best wishes to him, and and I hope he can get his head on straight. Yeah, he he was in that same group as Von Miller and JJ Watt when he first came in. But yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I, I I hope he can pull it together. And it's just such a sad story. And and uh, Alden, we hope we hope you 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 get it together. We wish you the best, man. Get get, get better soon. Definitely, definitely. But, Al, it's it's an exciting time. It's a great time. Um, we we haven't even hit the draft yet, and there's so much to talk about. So, um, as always, it's it's been a pleasure to everybody that has uh, been listening to us. And for myself, Zane Nakmi, follow follow me at Zane Forty Niners on Twitter, and follow Al at Al Sacco Forty Nine on Twitter. Should we Let give out Stefan, Should think. we give out Stefan Gilmore's Twitter Twitter account? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually don't have his Twitter. I should start. I should start following let's, him. Give him forty nine plugs. Let's look it up. Hold on. Let me see. If, let me let me look it up and see if we. If I don't know if he has a Twitter account. Oh wait. <laughs> I don't know. You got him. Uh, you don't, don't got him. Right. Some guy called the Gilly Lock came up when I searched him. This might be him. I don't know. <laughs> no idea. Well. Well, I'll make sure. I'll make sure to give him a follow on Twitter. <laughs> Twitter and, uh, we'll, and we'll update out. the listeners next show for it. So. Yeah. But yeah, it was, again, everyone, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, This is Al Sacco at Al Sacco 49. 
thrilled to be here again once again with you for the No Huddle Podcast presented by 49ers Web Zone. And this is Zay Naffy for 49ers Web Zone. Until next time, go Niners.